Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you're with us for the conversation today that's continuing from the book of Acts and the 21st chapter. Yes, Acts chapter 21. Edwin, what is our text for today? I'm going to be reading. I, I don't know why you just crack me up when you start like that. We're going to read in Acts chapter 21 again. I'm going to start in verse 17 again, but we're going to read a little bit further today, all the way through verse 26. And I will be reading again from the English Standard Version. When we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. After greeting them, he related one by one the things that, the God, excuse me, that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed. They are all zealous for the law. And they have been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. Thus all will know that there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself also live in observance of the law. But as for the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men, and the next day he purified himself along with them and went into the temple, giving notice when the days of purification would be fulfilled and the offering presented for each one of them. This is a shocking story to me. Paul offering a sacrifice. Jesus is the sacrifice. Paul following the law, and yet we know we're not saved by the law. Help me out. So as I'm looking at this, one of the first things that I notice is how Paul makes report to James uh, and, the, and the elders there talking about this ministry that he has done with the Gentiles. And everybody rejoices. This is wonderful news that the kingdom is being preached and people are coming into it. Um, so no problems there. But now James gets to tell him that word about you has preceded your visit here. We've got a big old church, uh, a lot of Jews here, right? And it says they've believed, but it also says, uh, verse 20, they are zealous for the law, right? Uh, and, uh, but what have they heard about Paul? Uh, well, you're, that you're teaching all the Jews who are among the Gentiles. So in your missionary journeys and all the places you've gone uh, to forsake Moses, say they ought not to circumcise their children, say not to walk in the customs. Well, I want to just uh, unpack that for a moment. And the first thing I want to say is it ain't easy being Paul. Okay. <laughs> it just ain't easy being Paul. Uh, why would that I say not, that? That's not where I thought that sentence was going to go. <laughs> because... Why are there so... Oh, you're not yeah, talking. Sorry. No, that's right. <laughs> this is not the Paul. rainbow connection. Go ahead. It ain't easy being Paul. Sorry, I didn't mean Consider to some of his self-identifications, okay? In the scriptures, in his own writings, he refers to himself as an Israelite, the seed of Abraham. He's a Jew by nature. He recounts how he is a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day. He is a Pharisee. Uh, at the same time, he says, I am a Christian. 
altogether a Christian. He wants King Agrippa to be like him. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's a chief sinner. You mix all of that in together, and it is a little bit complicated. How can all of these things be true? Well, it's true because this is this vessel, this person that the Lord has selected to be an apostle, as we've read about this in Acts chapter 9 in our reading already. We've seen that what a challenge it has been in, for instance, Acts 10 and 11 with Peter and the Jews at Jerusalem, or again in Acts 15, for the Jews to understand how it can be that Gentiles are right with God through Christ, and yet they are not keeping the law of Moses. Surely they must keep the law of Moses. But the Apostle Paul has been out among them. He's been the one doing the preaching and teaching about the gospel of Jesus and showing that they do not have to keep this law. Now, I, I just kind of want to lay that down because you can see how in synagogues where he would go and preach that uh, the message might be understood or at least could be confused to say, oh, Paul's telling Jews to cast off Judaism. Don't circumcise your children. Don't keep the law of Moses. I don't believe that's what he was teaching Jews. I think that there is a distinction to be made to say, Gentiles, this is not for salvation. You don't need to do this. Uh, and telling Jews, stop being Jews. The underlying teaching would be that all of this law and prophets is fulfilled in Jesus Christ and in the gospel. Salvation is not going to come from this keeping of the law, but it doesn't mean the law is a sin. It doesn't mean the law is wrong. And so the Apostle Paul becomes one who, as a Jew and having that background, uh, can participate and do these things, I think, expediently. I think judiciously for the sake of trying to reach all men with the gospel. Um, what is the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, right? About yeah. mm -hmm. becoming all things. things to all men. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, to the Jew I become a Jew. What's that going to look like? Well, that's going to look like kind of what James is suggesting right here. Why don't we show that you, you actually do walk orderly? Okay, and take these fellas and pay their vow and go up to the temple with them. Uh, you're not saying that it's wrong we cast these things aside, um, but the, as Jews, but the clarification is, this is not for salvation, this is not anything that needs to be taught to Gentiles, which is actually what James repeats here in verse 25, so that there be no mistake. Let me jump in here. I, yeah, I want to go ahead and read that passage you just referenced. I flipped over here to 1 Corinthians 9. In verse 19, he says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. When Paul observed the law, he did not observe the law so that he could be saved. He observed the law so that others could be saved. I think the great question here is, um, was he a teacher and a promoter 
of the law of Moses? And I think the answer to that question is going to be no. Uh, when we get here in these rumors that are circulating about Paul, right, among uh, Jewish Christians, some of whom are very zealous about keeping the law, so we'll call them Torah-observant Christians. And the charge is clarified, hey, you teach all the Jews who are among Gentiles to forsake Moses. You're telling Jews they ought not circumcise their children. You're telling Jews they ought not walk according to the customs. Well, I think we can say that Paul was preaching the gospel. He was not promoting Torah or Torah observance. And that's a big um, issue. I think that's where that might stem from, okay? That Paul is not Judaizing Gentiles, so he's not preaching or promoting you Gentiles need to keep the law. But all of that silence when he had so many opportunities for pro-law talk and poor uh, pro-Jewish custom talk might cause Jews to wonder if he was against it. So, so he never tells Gentiles to keep the law. Does he tell Jews to stop keeping the law? I don't know where he tells them to stop keeping the law. Okay? Which, which is what he's being accused of here. Yes, exactly. Don't do you know? Don't practice this with your children. So we find that when Paul was teaching there in that first century, and I think what we have here is there's a kind of a transition period that's going on in the first century. You've, I mean, even Jesus himself was Torah observant. Of course he was. And, and Paul, as a, uh, as a Jew, as a Pharisee, was Torah observant. And we get to that Damascus road mm-hmm. and things shift for him. When he writes the letter to the Corinthians, he says that he himself is not under the law, but yet here he but observes it. Yeah, yeah, he's under the law of Christ. And yet he still did not tell Jews, stop keeping the law. Part of me wonders if that's not why God actually went ahead and destroyed the temple in AD 70 so that we could get through that transition period. There's not this period at which Jews are, although I'm sure some of them are being told, look, you don't have to do these sacrifices, but it just gets taken out of the way. So they don't have to deal with it. There's no conscience that they have to deal with. They just can't do it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that uh, destruction of Jerusalem and all of that system is, is quite clarifying in AD 70. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to come back to this, though. You know, th- this deal with the vow. I, I think the one thing that is being stressed, certainly, about Christ, and, uh, you know, whether you're seeing it in Romans, whether you're seeing it in Galatians, whether you're seeing it in Hebrews, Okay, there is a fulfillment, a completion of a sacrificial system for atonement, right? Uh, it's, it's not wrong to do these sacrifices, but the teaching that has to be made is that you have to understand this is not atoning for your sins. This is not saving, uh, you know, salvific, I guess is the word. These other types. Say that word again. What, what's the word? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Sal- salv- salvific. Salvific. I think it's a real word. I'm, I'm sure it's a real word. That's a great <laughs> word. So it's not salvific, which means we're not doing this to be saved. We're not doing this to be saved, and it would not affect salvation. And yet in this temple system, there are all of these other aspects of offerings, these other vows, voluntary you know, offerings of, of peace offerings and all of this, really not tied to atonement, right? And so... A Jew can go and express thanksgivings in this way. Uh, the vote of offerings tied to whatever these guys are doing, your hair getting cut, which you know, kind of makes me think this is a Nazarite vow. Maybe not 100% on that, but likely. Something and, similar. Uh, yeah, yeah, something very similar. 
So not salvific. I'm not. See, I can use that word in a sentence. It's not salvific in that it's not going to save me. I want to go back though to what we saw in First Corinthians before we wrap up here. Yeah, that's a good. It's place not. To go. It's not. So Paul's doing. I'm. I'm Paul. Okay. I, let's say I'm Paul. I am not doing this so that I can be saved. I know that whether I help these guys with their votive offerings or not, I am in Jesus Christ. I am saved. But I am doing this so others can be saved. And I think that is yeah. just the powerful thing that, that, that I see in Paul's life. He says, when I'm around other people, what I am most concerned about is how do I get them saved? How do I get them into the gospel? And it's really, this, this falls in that same line that we saw earlier when Paul selects Timothy to travel with him in Acts 16, and Timothy submits to circumcision. Okay, this, that is certainly a marker of the law, and yet at the same time, and, and of a covenant. But this is to prepare him to go and to preach the gospel, a new covenant, to Jewish audiences and have a hearing. I don't have to do this, but I know in doing this, I'm going to help others serve the Lord. So yeah. I will. Yeah, that's right. I, or sometimes it's I'm allowed to do this thing, but you know what? I'm not going to do it because I know by withholding, refraining, restraining myself from my yeah, rights, from the liberty. I'm going to help others be saved. And that is the number one thing Paul says I am concerned about. I do everything so that others can be saved by Jesus Christ. That's really the light and understanding I think that's so helpful to, to cast upon this episode here in Acts 21. What are you getting from the text? This We've talked about some interesting things. And, Andrew, I appreciate that. I know you've done some study on this. You really did a great job threading through the needle of this issue of observing the law but not for salvation. I appreciate all that you've shared with us on that. So I want to ask everyone who's listening, what are you learning from the text? What have you read? Have you think Andrew's way off his rocker on this, or do you think he's right on, or are there some things you add you want to change a little bit or modify? We'd love to hear from you. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Andrew, go ahead and wrap us up with a prayer, please. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that we might open the Bible and study your word. Thank you, Father, again, as we've been looking at the example of the Apostle Paul, particularly in early Christians this week, reading through Acts chapter 21, uh, to think, Father, that what liberties might we be willing to forsake to gain a hearing with others? Uh, What types of courtesy and effort and self-sacrifice would we be willing to make to bring the word of God to others. And Father, as as we walk through that process and that searching out of our heart, give us the courage to act on it like the Apostle Paul did. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. 